How do you know if you're called to ministry? What does it look like? Does calling change? These are some of the questions that I talk about in today's re-release of Season 1, Episode 1 with Justin Knight on calling. Justin has been doing ministry for 20 years. He's been doing pastoral ministry now for over 10 at his current church at Tower Town Baptist in Southwest Mississippi. And as we have this conversation with Justin, I want to give a framework for what calling is. And in his book, Is God Calling Me? Answering the question that every believer asks, Jeff Orch, the president of Gateway Seminary, wrote this. A call is an inner experience. It is an impression from God, an inner experience with God. It is a work of the heart. A call is something you know you have, you are confident is real, and yet it is often difficult to quantify or explain. You know you are called in short because you know it in your heart. A call is a subjective experience with God, but it's always set against a biblical backdrop. That's the definition that Justin and I worked with as we recorded this episode, and I know it's going to be a blessing for you. So in this re-release with improved audio and some edits to it as well, I want to invite you along to this conversation with Justin as we talk about calling on this re-release of Season 1, Episode 1 of Craig and & Company, and I'm your host, Craig Todd. As I was thinking about this earlier, everything in my life, it seems, has been a process. Uh, there are some people for whom things, uh, I guess, happen quickly. I've always been, uh, I've, I've been interested in that experience where someone goes to maybe a revival or they go and they, uh, they attend church and they hear a message and it, it just strikes them so, so hard right then and there that they just, they make a decision and, and everything changes in that moment. Uh, for me, it's always been a process, it seems. I was saved when I was nine years old. I remember wanting to step out into the aisle to go talk to my pastor, and uh, and my mother saw me and, and wrestling with that decision because I knew that even though I had I had been very involved in in children's ministries like Sunday school, children's church, things like that, that uh, I was really impressed at that point in my life that I had never consciously made a decision. I'd never made a decision for Jesus, and I was I was very aware of of my sin and my need to do that. Uh, and so my mother took me uh, a little later that week to the pastor's office. We sat down, we talked together. Uh, at nine, I came to know the Lord. But before that, I had felt the, uh, uh, really felt the Lord speaking, I guess, to me is, is the way that you could say that. I, I had certain impressions in my heart about God's word, about the importance of God's word. I can remember being seven years old. And I remember looking at my Bible one day as we were sitting in our children's Sunday school class. Uh, I had my uh, my NIV children's Bible that had pictures, you know, and things in it. And uh, I remember thinking as we were talking about the Bible, if this book is what they say that it is, if this thing is true, then these must be the most important words ever written. This must be the most important thing in the universe. And I remember at that point making... Uh, a, a decision, if not for salvation, certainly a decision that I was going to seek after the things of God. And, uh, and again, it's, it's been a process. At the age of nine, uh, I, I understood, you know, certain things, of course, about sin and salvation and God's grace. But I grew up in a youth ministry and children's ministry context there in my church where I had great adults. Uh, I, was, I was in a Christian home, which was a blessing, but I also had many other adults there at our church who poured into us and, and really um, wanted to see our, our children grow, our teenagers grow. I remember that some of my closest friends and mentors during that time were, were parents 
of some of my friends because they were our Sunday school teachers and they were our youth group leaders and, and chaperones for trips and different things like that. And it was just a blessing to grow up in a, in a context where so many people were willing to invest in our growth in Christ. It was long about when I was maybe 16 years old or so, uh, I, uh, I started, as I watched these people, uh, I said, well, you know, when I grow up, when I get to be that age, I want to be someone like that who invests in other people, who, who teaches kids or teenagers about Jesus and how much he loves them and what he's done for them. And I continued to watch them and I watched others in our church and I said, well, you know, maybe there's something more that I can do for the Lord. I could be a I could be a teacher, but maybe I could be a maybe I could be a deacon, or maybe I could be a, a, a church leader in some kind of way. That continued to rock on, and I watched our youth minister at the time. And you know, I I really think that I would, I would like to do what that guy does. I think I would like to be like that. And uh, and I talked to him about it. He told me you know a little bit what what a sixteen year old can understand about. Uh, what what ministry kind of is like and those kind of things. He was cautiously supportive, I guess you could say, because 16-year-olds, you know, one day you want to be a youth minister, one day you want to be an astronaut, one day you want to be a whatever. So he was as, you know, invested in, in that conversation as I think he could be uh, at that point. But uh, it was about the end of my 16 going into 17. I was almost 17 years old. And, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, I wake up one morning and my father, is gone. He had passed away. He had gotten up, he had gone to work, and he had had a heart attack. And there one day and gone the uh, gone the next, he was so full of life. He was so vital to my, uh, not just my life and my growing up, but uh, my, my spiritual life as well. He made sure that uh, that we were involved in church. He had been one of those children's church and, uh, and youth teachers, leaders, helpers, uh, one of those people, you know, that, that you look to and all of a sudden he was gone. But through that entire process, it affected each one of my family members differently. But I remember that I felt that God had prepared me for that in some sense with all of the things that he had been showing me up to that point. And so because of my trust in his word, because of what I had believed about who Jesus is, because I had heard over and over again that, uh, that God is there for us in times that are difficult, then I was able to lean on all of the things that I had learned and trust the Lord through that. And I grew in some incredible ways in the wake of that. I wanted to be able to use that experience to help others. And I was able to do that. Over the course of the next several years, I had other friends who found themselves in similar situations where, where maybe their father or a loved one passed away. And I had an opportunity to just kind of be a, a ministry and a help to them. And the further I went along with that, the more the Lord confirmed that uh, ministry in whatever kind of context uh, was where he wanted me to be, was where he wanted me to go. And I still had no idea. I, I was still under the uh, impression that youth ministry was the way I wanted to go. And so I, I started with a different church there in my hometown, and uh, I, I became their, their youth minister to a group of about, about eight kids. And, uh, and we had, we had a ball together. I know I did. I don't know if they had as much of, <laughs> as much fun as I had, but, uh, but we had, we had a great time. We, we learned about the Lord. It was exciting for me to be able to be able to, to serve and to lead in that context. But, uh, I, uh, I left that, uh, that church ministry and I, I looked for many other ways to be able to serve as I went to college, as I did, uh, all the different things, went to seminary. I was always looking for an opportunity 
to serve the Lord, whether that was in a in a, a structured ministry context. And sometimes, like I said, I did, did student ministry. Sometimes I did uh, I did a church planting thing. I did Christian radio actually for uh, for a little while. And so this is fun to sit down with microphones. But uh, but even in you know just a volunteer context, I helped a friend uh, in a different town with uh, with music for his youth group, and so I would I would play the guitar and lead them in worship as they they entered into their their uh, youth Bible study time on Wednesday nights and got to form a relationship with those kids through that. Different things along the way. I I tried everything that I could to be involved in ministry, and along the way the Lord refined that. He just kind of honed it down to eventually pastoral ministry. And that's where I ended up. It was not anywhere that I thought that I would ever be. I don't consider myself much of a leader in the traditional context, but my my goal in ministry has always been to, to try and lead through example more than anything else. I want to try to set an example of faith and you know care and generosity and all of these things that others can see and try to emulate. And, uh, and that's, that's, sort of my leadership style, I guess, in, in ministry. That's that's kind of what I try to lean on, uh, is to, to be maybe more of an example than a uh, than an administrator or a, I don't know what else you might say, but that's uh, just kind of where, that's, that's how I have gotten to where I am. And the Lord has blessed that, and the Lord has used that in, uh, in a lot of different ways. It's been a blessing to serve. We went through interesting uh, terrains, I the, should say. The old curse, I guess, is may you be born in interesting times, and yes. uh, and we have lived through some interesting times. It has yeah. been, uh, it's been a roller coaster, but God has been faithful, and it's been wonderful to see how He has worked even through, you know, difficulty and hardship. Eleven years in one place mm-hmm. does provide families stability, right? Because you're the pastor, and you are there for both the good, the bad. And the ugly. Mm-hmm. And so, but in the same breath, over 11 years, ministry changes a lot. I mean, just over these past five years, ministry has changed drastically since COVID-19. Ministry has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. So uh, your ministry over the years at Tower Town Baptist, how has that morphed? What does that look like? You've already, you know, hit on it a little bit that, you know, you're leading a staff, you're leading a church, you're leading your family, but, but how has that ministry changed over 10 years? One of my, I don't know, one of my key... One of my one of my key thoughts, I guess, over the years has been flexibility. We were been involved in numerous mission projects in different uh, cities and different countries and things like that. Anytime we go on a mission trip, I tell our mission teams: be flexible, be whatever the missionary or the church or the community needs you to be in that moment. If you go to provide something that they don't need, then that's that's a worthless endeavor. And so, while you're there, you might have gone for one reason. But another reason becomes apparent. Uh, and so be flexible. Be flexible to meet that need. And that's that's what we have tried to do uh, here over the years. You you come in with a set of skills, I guess, and, and the gifts that God has given you. But over time, we get to see God do different things in us. We get to see God work in us in different ways and build those those skills or those gifts in our lives that uh, that maybe were weak or were not there to begin with. God is, is great to be able to do incredible things. So we've been able to reach out into areas that uh, that honestly a few years ago I, I didn't think that we could here locally and also you know nationally and internationally we've formed some incredible partnerships we've been able to accomplish some great tasks all because 
Uh, we have relied upon the Lord and we've been flexible to change our strategy when we need to change our strategy. And that's okay. that's a key part of it. You've got to kind of roll with what's happening. And with COVID-19, we've tried to maintain everything that we were doing, though we're having to do it in a different way. Two different times we've had to back off of our face-to-face gatherings. And so we're actually coming to uh, hopefully at the close of one of those times, even now we're about to get uh, hopefully back on track as far as our small group Sunday school and things like that. But we have continued to do Sunday school. We've continued to do small groups. We've tried to use home Bible studies and, and, you know, Zoom meetings and video live streaming and all the different things that we can do in order to meet people where they are. We may not be able to be there face to face, uh, but uh, I was telling somebody the other day, I have worked, uh, you know, probably twice as hard during the, the pandemic to make sure that our regular ministries are are up and going, you know, during during a regular week, during a regular season of a regular year. You know, that's the stuff that kind of operates in the background a lot of times. Yeah. But that's that's the stuff that we've had to really double down on to make sure that ministry continues, that we're not, you know, people don't drive by and say, oh, isn't it a shame that the church's doors are closed? We, we continue in ministry. We continue to reach out to people in our neighborhoods and communities. We continue to preach and teach God's word. We continue to do discipleship in the ways that we can. We know that this is just for a season and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get uh, 100% back on track real soon. But you've got to be flexible to be able to change change the strategy yeah. when you need to change the strategy. So let's talk about calling. How do you understand the calling of God? It's it's diff, it's difficult. And and I think your your quote from uh, Jeff York earlier uh, really kind of hits it on the head. It's it's a subjective experience. It's different for everybody. And when you look through the scriptures, you find that God called Moses in a different way than he called Gideon, in a different way than he called David, in a different way than he called Elisha, in a different way than he calls Peter and Matthew and Paul. Everybody had a different experience when God comes to call. But you know that God has called you to something. In my life, it has always been kind of a, a twofold process. Like I said earlier, every, everything's kind of a process for me. Nothing seems to happen in the spur of the moment. Maybe that's more my personality, but that seems to be the way that, that God has worked things uh, in my life in particular over the years. I'm not saying that's the right way and somebody else's is the wrong way or this is right or that's wrong. In my situation, that's what God has done. And I think just like these biblical personalities, God can work differently He's the one that is doing this. He's the one extending the call. So he can do it any way he wants to. Yeah. He's God. You know? So I mean, you, you know, he's, you he's just spoken let God be and... God and let God do his thing. In my life, it's always been, like I said, a twofold kind of process. There's an impression that I get, an urging on my heart, whether it was like I was in my testimony here a little while ago, I, I felt, oh, well, you know, I could be a Sunday school teacher. Or, well, maybe I could be a deacon yeah. or a church, you know, leader, servant, some kind of way. Maybe I could do ministry, whether that's in a, in a bivocational or a part-time or a volunteer context or whatever that is. And the further I went, the Lord confirmed with circumstances that that is the case. And so at, at every opportunity, every juncture for me to make a decision one way or the other, am I going to go to this college or am I going to go to this college? Well, God opens a door in that way. Am I going to major in this or am I going to major in that? Well, God opens a door 
in that way. And a lot of people have been back and forth on the, the whole open door, closed door thing. But when you're, when you're prayerfully seeking God, it becomes more apparent as to where he is guiding us. Uh, he reveals to us a step at a time where we are supposed to be. And we don't, we don't get the whole path. He didn't never laid out for me, all right, you're going to go here. You're going to do this. You're going to learn this. You're going to have this job. You're going to do this thing. Never at any point have I seen the future to say that, all right, well, this is this is the way, the direction. It's a matter of daily walking with the Lord. And if we're walking with the Lord daily, then we are naturally going to go to the places that he is taking us. And so God lays on my heart an impression or an urging, and through circumstances, he confirms that that, that is the way. And so I, as I continue to invest in that impression that he has laid on my heart, well, maybe it's a ministry in this direction. Lord, is that something that you would have me to do? And then, uh, you know, a church member comes up and says, hey, I have desire to work, you know, in this area. Well, that's great. And the same is true with a call to ministry. If you feel a, if you feel an urging in that direction, then begin to pursue that. And by begin to pursue that, what I mean is look for opportunities to serve God wherever you can, whether that is as a Sunday school teacher, whether that is uh, as a deacon, as a ground keeper as a as a janitor whatever you can do in your church to serve the Lord whatever you can do in your church to serve others do that and I feel that the Lord will uh, open new doors of service Jesus tells us if we are faithful with small things then he knows that he can trust us with bigger things and so be faithful with what you already have don't say I'm going to I'm going to wait and then when this uh, big ministry opportunity opens up well that's what I'm going to jump on I think a uh, a lot of people, especially young people these days, want to, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to go to seminary and I'm going to get this education and I'm going to get these degrees and I'm going to do all these things. And never at any point along the way have they done any actual ministry. They've done all of this preparation for something that they don't even know that they're suited for. You know, look yeah. for avenues to serve and look for those places where God wants to use you and those places where he uses you more invest in that and those places where he grows those gifts in you invest in that i did not consider myself much of a uh, a preacher or a teacher until i started to preach and teach and god laid that opportunity before me i was nervous as anything i was uh, you know sweaty palms and overprepared and the whole thing and that's always the joke in your your first sermon you're you're overprepared you feel like you have 2 hours of material and 10 minutes into the sermon you're done so that's, uh, and that's, that's kind of the way that I was. I felt that I had, I could talk about this for days and uh, after 10 minutes, you know, I was finished, but it was one of those things where, where God continued to grow. I continued to invest in that and God continued to bless that, uh, that investment of my, my time and my resources. And, uh, and it's, it's great to see God work. Yeah. And I think that's an important point. And, and one of the things that was stressed to me when I entered level college at New Orleans Seminary was you have got to be involved in the life of the local church. If you're not involved in the life of the local church, as you're pursuing theological education, then what are you doing? Right. To your point, you know, there are people who have trained, gotten all the formal education mm -hmm. for ministry, but yet they have no idea if they're suited for that. I, I remember I was mentoring a guy and you know, I don't know at all, but I have learned a lot of things about what not to do, both through watching others and then through doing things that I thought was a good idea and turned out not to be a good idea. Uh, and I remember he said, well, you know, this is how this works. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at him. I said, well, that might be what a book says, but you'll get killed. You try to do that in the local church. You there, know? there comes a point early in ministry. It, it doesn't take you long before you figure out that experience trumps education. Amen. And there is, there. I, I do not want to, because I am, 
I'm a big proponent of, uh, of education, but it has to be tempered with, uh, with experience. Education is not required to serve the Lord, but service is required to serve the Lord. You can't yeah. serve the Lord without serving. And the more you serve, the, the more experience you're going to get at serving yeah. the Lord, at serving others, at uh, being able to discern those, uh, those different situations and circumstances. It's not something that magically happens. Again, it's a process and it requires a lot of investment of time. It requires a lot of learning. It requires a lot of walking with the Lord. And it's something that you have to be patient in as you gain that experience, as you, as you walk uh, long and deeply with the Lord. Is calling something that is permanent or can it change? And so what I mean by that, can God call one to serve in ministry, vocational ministry mm-hmm. for five years before he moves them into a different area? So maybe maybe he's a pastor on staff or a lead pastor and God says, okay, it's I want you to go teach 12th grade English. Mm-hmm. So is calling permanent, can it change? What do you think? I, I think that we have to mark a difference between what God is calling us to do and what we have decided to do. Can God call somebody to something different? Absolutely. God can do anything that God wants to do. And if God has called you to be a pastor this year, and if God calls you to be a garbage truck driver next year, then that's exactly where God wants you to be. And if that is what God has called you to, then by all means, that's exactly what you need to do. I think a lot of times, however, in vocational ministry, as we're talking about, we lay it out in the same way that we would vocation. If I had studied business and I'm going to go to work for this company and I'm going to work my way up through the ladder. And I know that every time a promotional opportunity comes up, when I get to bump up to a new level, I need to take it. And so I'm going to learn something at this level and then I'm going to learn something at this level and learn something at this level. Uh, I need to I need to take that so I can climb the ladder and so I can be successful and so I can uh, you know measure myself against others. And when we look at church ministry or, or ministry in, in that kind of context, we've really missed the boat because uh, that's, not what, that's not what following the Lord is all about. Uh, opportunities may arise to move from this ministry to that ministry. Does that mean that I have to jump on that? Does that mean that that's an open door that I have to now seize? Not necessarily. Uh, I need to seek the Lord in all of those things and make sure that it's God who is leading me and not me who is just wanting to maybe move up the ladder or wanting to move to a new ministry or a different ministry or to try to get away from problems. We always gravitate toward what we feel is profitable or what we feel is comfortable. And so it may look like it's more successful. It may look like yeah. it's more money or it may look like I'm escaping the problems that uh, I have uh, I have here at home, and so I'm going to move to a different ministry. If that's all I'm looking for is what's profitable or what's comfortable, then that's that's not that's not following the Lord. That's following my own desires, and uh, and I have to be careful in that. Does the Lord sometimes lead us places that are more successful and are more profitable? Sure, but you have to make sure that this is this is God's direction. That this is God's calling and not just something that I'm looking to do on my own. So look for that confirmation from the Spirit. Look for the Lord to speak to your heart uh, in those things. Don't just weigh it out with a list of pros and cons and, uh, and a, a spreadsheet as far as the salary package goes. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to discern, Lord, where do you want me to be? And that only comes prayerfully. How has God's call on your own life morphed over these past 20 years? 
it has, well, like I said, I've, I've, I started out not exactly knowing, you know, where, Lord, where do you want to use me? Lord, what do you want me to do? And so I, uh, I just try your hand at everything, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Lord, uh, you know, when, when I'm doing this, show me if that's where I need to be. And honestly, when you get into education, that's the purpose of the first couple of years that you go to college, you take all of your core curriculum, you take yeah. your, your English classes and your history classes and your mathematics classes and all of these things, and you, you determine at that point, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm gifted in this area. I want to kind of go in that way. And that's not a process that ever stops. You're always gauging yourself and gauging what God is doing in your life by, okay, Lord, where are you, where are you blessing? Where you, might you be leading? Uh, and it would be, it would be a joy. I, I find, I find the most joy being able to teach. I find the most joy in being able to, to prepare and lead people to understand something that they did not understand before. Will I ever find myself in a, a like a professional teaching position? I don't know, because I'm going to follow the Lord every time that I've asked the Lord to, you know, lead me to, to pursue that if that's what he wants. I've been kept in the local church, and I think that there's incredible teaching opportunity in the local yeah. church, and that's exactly where I want to be as long as God wants me to be there. And so we're constantly kind of evaluating ourselves. We're evaluating what God is doing in our lives. And that call may morph. It may change. Uh, it may have to adapt to our, our personal situation. I've had, uh, I've had numerous friends over the years who have to, had marriages fall apart, family issues, uh, loss and grief, different, uh, different situations where uh, they have had to maybe leave the ministry that they were in, leave the church that they were in, even see that ministry change for a season and, uh, and then, you know, eventually uh, maybe come back to where it was before, but the Lord was using them through that entire time. So calling can morph, calling can be different from person to person, and, and that's because God interacts with us differently. So maybe there's somebody listening to this, Justin, and they're trying to sort out whether or not uh, they are called to vocational ministry. What wisdom would you give him or her? We are all called to some ministry, so do ministry. Look for those places that you can volunteer. Look for those places where you can serve in your church. Look for those places where you can serve others in Jesus' name and pray. Those are, in my estimation, the two most important things that you can do to determine if God wants to lead you deeper into ministry or to be doing ministry and to pray and seek the Lord on that. And he will make it apparent. He will open those doors. He will confirm for you that uh, that this is... Uh, an area where he has gifted you, he will he will use you uh, in different ways to accomplish his work through those different ministries that you offer. Continue to press on in, in ministry in every way that you can. Volunteer to serve in your local church. Volunteer to serve those who are needy. Volunteer to serve your neighbors. Be involved in ministry and see the Lord work through that. And, uh, and if he wants to take that deeper, then uh, you will have been faithful in small things so that he can give you something greater. So speaking to pastors, uh, what's your encouragement to the pastor? That we don't look for what is easy, profitable, or, or comfortable. I, th I think that it's easy for us in ministry to chase after success. It's easy for us in ministry to chase after numbers or the bigger thing. And so my advice, I guess, is twofold. Go only where God calls you to go. That may be smaller. That may be a more obscure ministry. It may be out of the spotlight. It may be someplace that you've never heard of or never cared to go, but be willing to go there. Think of Philip in Acts who left a, a booming ministry in Samaria to go to a 
road in the middle of nowhere and wait for one person. God blessed that and God used that and God gave him a different ministry, you know, down the road. But he was faithful to go where God called him to go and he was faithful to go when God called him to go. It was not a situation that could wait because this guy was only going to be traveling down the road, you know, for those few moments. And Philip had to be ready when God called him to get up and to go. So when God calls you to go, be ready to go. Now, that may mean that we have to uh, leave behind something that we think is very successful, or it may mean that we have to change in ways that maybe we don't feel equipped or prepared to change. But if God is the one who is leading us to it, uh, then we need to be prepared to follow him. And I think that that for anyone in a ministry context, whether whether a pastor, whether some other church ministry staff person, whether a, a missionary, whether ancillary ministry, administrative position, whatever it is, wherever we find ourselves in serving God, those are those are things that we always need to consider. God, where do you want me to go? And God is now the right time. Whatever you're leading me to do and whenever you're leading me to do it, that's what I want to be faithful to do. Well, Justin, I'm glad that you have uh, joined me today. Uh, and thank you, and thank you uh, to your church as well for providing the uh, space to interview you and Buddy and Danny, whose uh, episodes come out in the next two weeks Absolutely. after yours. Two guys that I love. These guys are great, and uh, I, I yeah. look forward to listening to uh, to those two episodes as well.